Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2021. This is my first podcast of the new year. My name is Dr. Jack Truong. I'm a psychology educator. I teach for a couple of community colleges in Washington State, and I have a doctorate degree in counseling psychology, but I'm a psych professor. I'm not a current licensed clinician, okay? Just to clarify a little bit about my background. So I started this series of podcast on this channel called Psychology Concepts Explained last year, even though I've recorded lectures for my classes for many, many years now, but typically in a private manner where I just upload them to the course. And uh, I've really enjoyed making these public as of last year. And uh, so this year, uh, I hope if you're a new listener that you keep on listening. And for those who have benefited or found some benefit from Uh, my previous podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I've received your emails and Twitter direct messages, and I appreciate the questions. And I'm creating a new set of podcasts uh, from those suggestions in terms of covering some of the topics. Okay, Uh, some housekeeping before we get started. Um, Especially for those of you who listened to my podcast before, just some organizational things. So it's a little bit like me thinking out loud. Uh, In terms of adding titles to these podcasts. Um, I know last year I made either traditional long lectures or other non-lecture podcasts like this one. And I decided to give it a different title like here and now, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to get rid of that. I'm just going to label the either it's a lecture or it's not a lecture. And I think you can easily see that. So anything that's not a straightforward lecture from a chapter from a course is going to have an episode and season label like season two, episode one for today. And then the other ones won't have a label like that. Okay, anyway, that was the boring stuff. Let's talk about today's topic, the psychology of New Year's resolutions and how we can apply some basic intro to psych principles to understand them and why most do not succeed. Well, that's just an assumption, but that seems to be true. I think most of us feel as if it's true. Um, Otherwise, there wouldn't be, you know, such a spike in business for these 24-hour fitness type companies in the early months of the year. And then suddenly the sales go down by February or March. Okay. Um, So if you think about working out, you know, maybe we start off strong and wane by mid-February. Maybe we're trying to lose weight be more fit, and those attempts go from January, maybe we finish in March, right? And then life goes on, right? And we don't really think about, you know, in June, are you really thinking about your New Year's resolutions, right? We probably don't even remember what they are by the time May and June come around. So let's analyze this a little bit, because that's what I do, right? We analyze things. The word resolution, it's an internal motivational state, Now, motivations are important. I mean, we cannot ignore them. Uh, According to psychology, we have intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. Extrinsic motivators are things like money, right? They tend to lead to short-term change in behavior, whereas if you're motivated intrinsically, internally, then that leads to a more long-term change. We tend to stick with it for years. If we're doing something that we naturally enjoy, not necessarily because we're paid to do it, right? So why is it so hard to change our behavior, to do something that's actually good for us, right? 
So obviously, if we were able to do it, we would have done it already, right? So why is this so challenging? It's because we also need to focus on environmental factors, focus on our situations. This is what the field of social psychology has taught us. The power of situations is not all about our motivation. That's what behaviorism is all about too, right? That our environment affects our behavior. It's not all about what's coming from within that drives us to do the right thing or to do something that's good for us. So, for example, with smoking, you can be as motivated as anyone to quit. But if you have someone who's smoking and lives in the same house as you, you're you're not going to not going to be able to do it. Okay? I'm not being pessimistic here. It's just extremely extremely difficult. That environmental factor is too strong for even the people with the most uh, or strongest amount of willpower. So can you imagine someone who's in recovery for alcoholism working as a bartender, right? That's just not going to work, okay? So let's play out some examples and see how they work. Exercise, fitness, dieting, right? Real common resolutions. We all start off highly motivated then blah, okay, in a few months or weeks. So the bottom line is that it's hard to change behavior that from an internal motivation, right, just from motivation alone, okay? So if it was the only factor that was necessary, then we'd all change very easily because we're all, like, you know, really motivated, okay? But again, we have to pay attention to our environment, pay attention to the things that reinforce our behavior. These are the consequences of our actions. This is coming from the theory of operant conditioning, right? Which states that every action is followed by a consequence. That consequence, if it is if it's something that works for us, this consequence will feed our behavior and we continue to do it. Okay? So whether it's a good behavior, you know, something that's good for us or bad for us, if we're continuing to do something that is a habit, there's bound to be something feeding that behavior, reinforcing that behavior, okay? So if you think about a healthy behavior that you're trying to do, but you, but you never seem to quite catch it, right? It never catches on. Then you have to think about, well, maybe it's not being reinforced enough, or maybe at the worst, the consequences feel like a punishment, right? So instead of having a pleasant consequence from that action, you're getting something unpleasant and therefore you stop. Okay? So let's think about what the eventual goals are for someone who's trying to exercise or diet. Let me take a chug of water here while you think about that. All right. The bottom line is we want to feel better, be healthier, look better. Okay? And how long will that take? Weeks, months, okay? So those are what we call delayed reinforcements. Okay? If we had or have, as a result, we get ripped abs after a couple of workouts, right? Then we'd all be walking around with ripped abs, okay? We'd all be exercise fanatics. It would be easy, right? But the fact is we don't get immediate reinforcements. Most resolutions that people make require lots of time, right? Because these are lifelong changes. Okay. 
we don't make resolutions for easy things. We make resolutions for these really difficult long-term changes. And it's going to take a while to see the results that we want. So it's going to be really difficult to maintain that initial burst of energy, that motivation we have when we don't feel or see results right away. We don't feel better right away. In fact, if we exercise for the first time in years, we're going to feel punished right away or be injured, right? If we're on a diet, we're going to feel hungry and deprived, okay? So if our habit change goal is to reduce a behavior, that's even more difficult. Cut out sodas or junk food. That is really difficult. You know why? It's because we need to replace any kind of habit that we can reinforce, not just remove something. Because if our goal is just to remove a behavior, then it creates a void, right? And we're going to try to fill that void. And usually we return to that habit to fill that void, like junk food or sodas, okay? So we're going to try to use these simple principles that I've mentioned from a Psych 100 class. How do we get to a point where our behaviors become automatic, where we feel that sense of intrinsic motivation, that internal motivation, where it gets to the point where it feels weird not to do that healthier thing, right? How do we build up that momentum? And that's what it feels like, right? Climbing the hill, pushing a rock up the hill until we get into a mode that's like cruise control. Hello, friends. Let me take a moment to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Let me talk to you a little bit about searching for happiness or trying to achieve goals. And oftentimes, life and circumstances and other reasons get in the way. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with your therapist within 48 hours. And it's not a crisis hotline, okay? And it's not self-help. It's actual professional counseling, but it's done securely online. You have access to BetterHelp's network of over 20,000 counselors with a wide variety of expertise and training. And this is also about accessibility, if you don't have a counselor in your area to see in person, then this could be a great solution for you. So this service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. So again, accessibility. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as in traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so, and they make it easy and free if you want to change counselors if necessary. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash psych explained and join the over 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of experienced mental health professionals. 
And there's a special offer for my Psychology Concepts Explained listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash psychexplained. You can see the link in the show notes. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Psychology Concepts Explained. So what we need is that we need an extra boost while climbing that initial hill up until the point where it becomes automatic and part of our cruise control-like behaviors. So if exercise doesn't naturally give us a reward, in fact, it gives us soreness and fatigue, right? Then we need to boost that by creating an artificial reward or reinforcer, right? So this would help boost up, up us up that hill until the workout becomes a reward in itself where it feels good to work out. We get that endorphin rush, right? We feel good after working out. Now, those of us who haven't worked out in a long time, we don't know what that feels like, but ask someone who works out regularly, they'll tell you it feels weird not to work out. They want to work out. It's part of their routine, and it feels good, right? That's because that intrinsic motivation has kicked in. But until that kicks in, we need to reward ourselves in other ways, okay? So think about this example, right? When someone's trying to quit smoking, right, that's what nicotine gum is for is to help with the withdrawal symptoms, the nicotine cravings until one gets used to not smoking, okay? But also with that example of quitting smoking, there's a void there. So we usually have to replace that hand-to-mouth action with another action that's a little bit more healthy. Otherwise, again, it's a void that's going to be filled by another behavior. So... Um, I've accompanied friends to 12-step groups many, many years ago. And again, if I was the one there, I would say I was. But in fact, I did accompany a friend to an Overeaters Anonymous 12-step uh, group. And an addiction is an addiction, right? But what I found was that many people talked about when one addiction is curbed a little bit, let's say like drinking alcohol, then it's replaced by something else like more smoking, right? And so that's another hand-to-mouth addiction, but in their minds, it's a good trade-off because to them, smoking is a little bit less harmful to them than smoking alcohol. I mean, smoking alcohol. Oh, yeah, I'm tired. Drinking alcohol, right? Um, but again, that's not something I'm advising, okay? That's just something that happens. So what we need to do is something similar to what we do with toddlers on a playground. If they're getting into something we don't like them to get into... What do we do? We just yell at them and say, no, no, we can't do that. What we do with toddlers who are very, very young and don't understand very complex language, we just pick them up, point them in a different direction that we're okay with, and they go off and play in that direction, right? That's called redirection, okay? And so we need to reinforce something else. We need to redirect our own behavior, okay? And... uh so we're really not that much different than toddlers. We cannot simply just put the brakes on something that we're doing over and over and assume that we can just willpower our way to stopping it, okay? So we have to resolve to do something, not, not to stop doing something. So don't focus on what you're not going to do. Focus on what you do want to do, right? I think that is the key. 
um, when you look at these basic principles. So I think of it as you have 24 hours in a day, right? If your bad habit takes up a certain amount of hours or minutes in a day, then what kind of things can you do to fill in those minutes and hours of the day that's more acceptable to you? Right? That seems to be the key there. Okay, so let's think about if it's exercise or something else, you can give yourself money in a jar and then you can use it to buy whatever it is you want as long as it's not something that would trip up your goals. So if your goal is to eat healthy, you wouldn't take that money and just get a bunch of chocolate bars, right? That defeats the purpose. But it's a, but it's another kind of reward that may be unrelated to your goal, right? So, for example, I may have mentioned this already, you know, X amount of minutes reading your textbook equals X amount of minutes of playing your favorite video game, right? So you hold off something that you normally would do in your spare time. It's just something that you do to kill time. But instead, use that activity as a reward, a structured reward for doing something that you have trouble doing on your own. That's part of your resolution goal. Now again, you know, I don't want you to listen to this and go make wholesale changes. And you got to be careful, right? And use common sense. Obviously, if it's something medical related, related to your health, like exercise or dieting or that kind of thing, you know, you want to consult with your experts before you do this, okay? Don't just say, oh, I listened to Dr. Jack on a podcast and and look what happened, you know, now I'm in, in shock from not having this in my system or whatever. So don't uh, don't do that. And no, I don't have lawyers that told me to say that. Okay, okay. so what about students? A typical goal for a student is to do better, right? I just want to improve my grades. I want to raise my GPA, right? Those are very good goals, but then you have to break it all the way down to something that you're going to do today, this hour, for the next five minutes, right? So you have to create a list of these micro behaviors. Be very specific of what you want to do and reinforce the heck out of that behavior, right? So you can't say to yourself, I'm going to be less lazy, uh, I'm not going to be a slacker, right? Those are things that were, that's language where you're trying to reduce something, right? You want to increase something more positive, and then eventually it become automatic. And what happens a lot, I think, with our New Year's resolutions or goals to get a you know better grade in class is that sometimes we set ourselves up for this all or nothing kind of result that, you know, if you trip up one day, then it's like you broke a contract or something, then the whole thing goes out the window. And I think we need to be more flexible, right? Not just give up when, you know, you did, you promised yourself 10 push-ups a day and you, and you missed it by one day. It's like, oh, well, you know, what's the point? I already messed up my perfect uh, progress plan, right? So just forget that. These are lifelong changes you're going to make, right? So the graph is going to look more like the stock market. It's going to have a bunch of ups and downs. But your overall trajectory should be in the more positive direction, okay? And so going back to the student example of studying, right? You can set goals like instead of saying, uh, I'm going to read the chapter tonight, you say, well, I'm going to read for 30 minutes, okay? And at the end of those 30 minutes, give yourself a 30-minute reward of something else, right? And you keep doing that to the point where then those 30 minutes, you have to include some very specific things you're going to do, whether it's listen to a lecture read the textbook, take notes, okay? Um, and then later on, when you get that habit going, then you can set more specific goals of reading 20 pages, you know, listening to one lecture, how many minutes, you know, that kind of thing. 
But if you start off with this 20 page goal, that's going to be difficult because when you don't reach it, you're going to feel bad. It's not reinforcing, it's punishing, and then you get dejected, right? So you want to have uh, these goals where at the beginning, maybe they're time based rather than, uh, you know, accomplishment based in terms of number of pages done. Okay. Okay, so let's wrap up here. What are the main themes that I talked about today with New Year's resolutions? That they're full of crap, right? I mean, we can decide to change our lives at any time. Why does it have to be January 1st, right? Because eventually we'll forget about it by May 1st. Well, what are, whatever our resolutions are, we feel bad about ourselves, we have guilt, and then we go in the whole different direction. That, And then we wait till next January to start over, right? Just this endless sort of cycle. So instead, we should think about not so much making about these wholesale changes of our life, but to think about big picture, right? I just want to be healthier. I want to live longer for my kids, you know, that kind of thing. And then bring it down to the daily level, right? Something that's doable. Maybe get it done first thing in the morning. Reward yourself somehow with points or a time-based activity, right? And then you gradually build momentum to the point where you do it because you want to and that it's a lot easier, and that there's less resistance, right? So we need some artificial rewards at the beginning to overcome that resistance at the beginning, especially if it's something like exercise or something that's really difficult for us to do, right? And again, um, making a public commitment with a friend, having a workout partner, even if it's vi virtual, right? Those things are very reinforcing. So if you play video games with a bunch of other people, you know how reinforcing that is, right? So transfer that same idea to these activities you want to do better at so for students you know find a classmate even if you're taking an online class you know uh, talk to one particular classmate put yourself in a discussion form and say hey anybody want to uh, not so much study together but just sort of be study partners where you keep each other accountable set goals together right compare notes kind of thing okay ask each other questions and that can be reinforcing so you don't feel like you're going at this alone, right? So there are many creative solutions to changing our behavior. There's no magic bullet. And I hate that metaphor anyway, magic bullet. And uh, uh, there's no one-size-fits-all formula for behavior change, right? Um, it's funny because I'm on YouTube, you know, doing my lectures and, and editing and doing those kinds of things. And I'm seeing these ads that pop up. And I'll be mesmerized by them, like this guy who works out and talking about how, you know, and, and I keep watching this ad beyond the point where you're supposed to watch, you know, you're supposed to click skip. And uh, and really, they're they're very enticing, you know, they're, they're, they're really trying to exploit the fact that it's the new year and we want to make changes. So yeah, there are a lot of commerce and businesses all designed around this January, you know, burst of energy and wanting change right but again think of it as a long-term thing like a long-term investment it's not a get rich quick scheme scheme okay it's something you're gonna try to do and you gotta tell yourself you're gonna have the ups and downs okay so good luck let me know how it goes uh, whatever it is your behavior change project's gonna be and uh, if you have any questions you can contact me in the variety of ways listed in the description and feel free to support me also on this podcast. If you're my student currently, do not send me any money. Right? That is uh, 
unethical for me to accept. But if you're not my student, hey, buy me a coffee or something. Um, it's used. I use that money to support local coffee roasters. Okay. All right. Until the uh, next episode, have a good day. Hey there, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Can you do me a big favor? Um, just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, review, okay? And you can also contact me directly using the links in the description, whether it's Twitter or email, with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better. And uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about, I can add them. And if you want to support me by buying me a coffee, the methods are listed in the description as well. Again, thanks and have a great day.